This is the Mormon Expression Podcast. Find us on the web at mormonexpression.com. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Mormon Expression. I'm your guest host, Glenn, and tonight I'm joined by one of our regulars, Jim. How you doing, Jim? Uh, good afternoon. Oh, I see, I said good evening and you said good afternoon. Oh, God, okay. Yeah, we, we, well, we ruined about, it right from the start. I'll say Boy. good morning and then we can cover every time frame. Fantastic. And, and our, our special guest tonight is Holly Welker, um, and Holly's going to wish us all a very good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, t- tonight we're we're just going to talk to uh, to Holly about an article that she had published in the the Huffington Post uh, discussing the new Mormon ad campaign. Uh, so why don't we we start a little bit, uh, Holly, just with an introduction about yourself? Um, maybe tell as much or as little about yourself as you think people ought to know. Um, I am. The descendant of Dewar Mormon pioneers who arrived in Utah with Brigham Young and then had the sense to get the hell out immediately thereafter. Uh-huh. Um, uh, my family went to Arizona, and I was always very proud of the fact that I never lived in Utah. And then, lo and behold, I moved to Utah um, a couple years ago. Uh, I have a Ph.D. in English literature. I write... Um, I served a mission in Taiwan in the 80s, and um, I am technically inactive. All right. Well, welcome onto the program, Holly. And, and so you wrote an article about the new Mormon ads. And mm-hmm. in case there's, there's anyone out there listening who is not aware of the Mormon ads, maybe you can describe them a little bit. What, what, what is this uh, Mormon ad campaign that's recently come out? Well, it's it's a website called Mormon.org, and there are profiles there of, um, apparently they are uploaded by individuals. Um, you, I haven't tried to fill out a profile because I know it would be rejected, um, uh, but you answer some questions about your life and your belief and... Um, answer questions about basic um, issues of church doctrine and practice, and then your profile will be made available to the entire world. And a few people, from what I understand, whose profiles are particularly compelling and interesting, um, are then videoed, um, short videos of... 90 seconds to a couple minutes. And so the, the, the videos come after the, the profile's uploaded and, and it's reviewed and then they're selected? As far as I understand, um, I, don't, I, I don't claim to be an yeah. expert on this, and I, um, if I'm incorrect, I will be happy to stand okay. corrected. And, and let's just get this out of the way real fast. Um, these videos, uh, I, I guess, portray individuals who are, are not your typical Mormon, you know, yeah. is, is, I guess is what they, which is, I, I guess, the, the intent, you know, is, it, what it shows. But there's, the, there's no such thing as a typical Mormon, Jim. Haven't, <laughs> haven't you seen the ad campaign? <laughs> well, oh, yeah, yes, I have. They're, um, whether they're typical or atypical, they're interesting people with vi- busy, unusual lives. I would say they're actually not even typical people. In some ways, you know, yeah. um, I don't uh, know if there's such a thing as a typical person. These borderline hipsters and feminists, and you know, and overachievers. Mom. Yeah, lots yeah. and lots of overachievers. Um, often quite good-looking and photogenic, and um, and then the last bit of the ad is, you know, my name is such and such. I'm this kind of overachiever, and I'm a Mormon. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that that kind of formulaic uh, ending. I'm a I'm a mother. I'm an artist. I'm a surfboarder. I'm a skateboarder, and I'm a Mormon. You know, something like that. And I think um, you know, going back to what you originally said, Holly, uh, as far as creating a profile, I think that any active member of the church who has their um, that there's some kind of an ID number that you can get from the ward clerk's office. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I think it might also be on Temple Recommends. I'm not sure. Um, but but if you have that number, you can type it in, and it will allow you to create a profile. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, I, I also have not gone on and, and, and done that. And I'm quite sure you haven't, Jim. Oh, no. No. Okay, so so that kind of gives us a sense of of what these these ads are about. How, how do they compare to uh, you, you know in the past that uh, there there have been ads for from you know th- this is a message from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints where it shows like a family setting and you know some little attempt at, at humor. You know, I, I I'm pretty familiar with those. I've seen them a lot growing up, but this seems like it's a is it a continuation of that, or is is it a, a new approach? How do you think that fits with uh, previous Mormon ads? I personally think this one is more interesting because I'm not really... The other ones just seem so preachy and sort of irritating. So I I like this better, personally. These are de- a definite turn, and you know, this is a total new track for the LDS Church. And this is... It feels like damage control more than anything. Instead of you know, be nice to your neighbor, you know, or right. or do a good right. deed daily. This is you know, this is more you know, straight up marketing versus you know that reads like a, a soft drink ad. You know. Yeah, I I also I mean I was just trying to think about where where the ads might have come from, what might have been the inspiration. For them, and I will admit that yeah. about a month ago, I told some of my friends um, the first piece I had on the Huffington Post was about who I would like to march in um, my Pioneer Day parade, and I picked <laughs> um, uh, ten different groups or individuals. Um, Dustin Lance Black was there, Carolyn Pearson, um, collectively Feminist Mormon Housewives, um, and Exponent 2, Two Feminist Blogs. Um, oh, I don't remember who else I had. Um, I guess I could look it up. But but afterwards, I said, I said to one of my friends, you know, the church PR department needs me. They need me because I am really actively engaged in the enterprise of trying to reveal Mormons as complex, diverse, and human. And yeah. they, whether they realize it or not, I am their friend. Now, I would like to think that they heard me and, and listened to me and um, in a few weeks managed to devise this program and get it up and running, but I doubt that's the case. I doubt I really am responsible <laughs> for it. So I think what, I think this is a plausible explanation for where it came from. I think New York Doll might be the model for this. That movie was really popular. It made Mormons look a little bit weird, but interesting weird, not scary weird. It made them seem human. Um, it made them seem an interesting part of the world instead of a boring not part of the world. And so, you know, when, when they, you realize, all right, this, this really eccentric person has this devout belief in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he's a former rock star, and Morrissey loves him, um, it's sort of interesting. I, I need to see this movie. It's, it's called New York Doll? You haven't seen? Oh, you haven't seen New York Doll? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, uh, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> Okay, no, it came out, what, I don't know, five, six years ago? Okay. It's about a guy. Um, the New York Dolls were a very important um, glam uh, punk band of the 1970s. They were Morrissey of the Smiths was the president of his local New York Dolls fan club. 
And this Arthur Killer Kane was this, um, I don't remember if he was a guitarist or a bassist or what, but, you know, he, he was a rock star and something happened. He got very upset at his wife, started drinking cheap liquor, started beating her with the cat furniture, my favorite line from the movie, mm-hmm. ended up jumping out a window and in the hospital called the missionaries and joined the Mormon church. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's got, you know, David Johansson at the end, you watch it all the way through to the end where David Johansson sings, come, come ye saints in a version that will have you on the floor weeping. Huh. Um, but it's this really, really, and uh, anyway, uh, Kane's home teacher or home teaching partner, I don't remember which, was a film student at USC and realized that the most interesting movie he could make was about this person he knew in his ward. It's, it's actually a really remarkable movie, and yes, you wow. should watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll get that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So anyway, that's... Um, so, so you think you think that the the Mormon ad campaign kind of started with with, the, or at least um, the the diversity that a Mormon could be a punk rock star, yeah, crept into the yeah. public consciousness, and and also more importantly, into the LDS Corp PR consciousness. Okay, that them saying, oh wait a minute. People are responding really positively, not to our clean-cut image, but to our our diversity. Okay. Well, at least that's the image that they want to portray. Have portrayed. Right. Right. So, so who do you think the audience is then for this this Mormon ad campaign? Do you, do you think they're they're trying to reach out to the general public, or do you think uh, it's meant more for members of the church to see? Look at what a diverse group we are. I I personally think it's intended for the world at large. I don't think it's primarily for members, um, but I think that it will be members who will like it. I think that the world at large, it won't work for them. Yeah, since this uh, program's inception, uh, there's been talk about this all relating back to Mitt Romney's run in 2012. Yeah. Uh, what are your or what's the read on that so far? Do you think that was just initial chatter, uh, or do you think that has any merit? Don't know that I'd vote for him, but personally, I think any attempt to soften to to make things easier for Mitt Romney is just a waste of time and money. That's my. So that that, that might be what they're doing. I don't think it will help. Do you think? I mean, has there been any talk of any? You know communication between Mitt Romney's, you know, PR campaign and the church's I, PR I haven't, campaign. Probably. I, I haven't heard I, anything about that, but it, yeah, I just yeah, want to quash have, some of the speculation. We're going to start some rumors right yeah. here. I don't know. I don't know for Mitt Romney. Um, I don't think he has much chance, but what do I know? So I didn't vote for him <laughs> in any election ever, so... And, and then the other, you mentioned damage control, Jim. Are, are you thinking Prop 8 damage control? Exactly. I mean, I think that's really what it's come come out to. The, the, the LDS Church, I don't think, planned far enough ahead when Prop 8 came out, and they didn't realize how much of backlash the gay community can produce, um, you know, and they didn't realize that they were really, you know, out on a limb uh, for their positions. And... They painted themselves into a corner, and this is their attempt to get themselves out of a situation that they themselves created. And, you know, it, this kind of, you know, hip, you know, uh, skateboarder, you know, type of, of image, which, you know, is totally antithetical to the, the traditional Mormon image, is what they're trying to portray. Well, one of the profiles up on that, that uh, website was a, a lesbian. Oh really? And and she came out and said that she was a lesbian. Yeah, and and it's been removed. Hmm. It, it was it was up for a few days, and and I don't know if if she removed it herself or if it was removed um, by someone else in, in charge of the organization. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's damage control all around. Looks like they're still performing that. But but you know, Jim. With with the Prop 8 thing, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get too far off off topic and, and talk about Prop 8, but 
do, do you really think that that the the church would approach it any differently now with with you know 2020 hindsight than they did a couple years ago I think we'll we'll see they're taking a more quiet role with the Hawaiian uh, prop you know version of prop 8 uh, and you know more you know back smoky room type of approach at least smoky from, room yeah <laughs> well uh, you know <laughs> I don't know what would they be metaphorically uh, speaking. Yeah, yeah. Metaphorically I, I guess I mean the interesting thing about what Jim just said, right? That they didn't look very far ahead. That's an odd statement to make for an organization that claims divine guidance. That you know that calls its leader a prophet um, and a seer. But, yeah, right. And, and I, but I was thinking something similar along the lines of you know well, what do they expect? They they go out of their way to prevent present an image of Mormons as fairly uniform, really predictable, extremely conservative, out of step with the mainstream, intentionally so, intentionally taking a, a very so different well. stance, yeah. proudly, defiantly and proudly, out of step with the mainstream, and then they seem surprised when the mainstream goes, ooh, ick, we don't, you're, we don't really like you. You're boring and annoying, and we're going to stay very far away from you, and we're not going to let your very bland, predictable missionaries in our houses, um, you know, what they expect. You don't have to be a prophet to realize you're going to get what you ask for, which is for people to think you're weird. Yeah, well, that that's a fulfillment of prophecy, isn't it? I mean, we've we've got this language in the Doctrine and Covenants about the, but the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled, where where they'll be rejected by even the Gentiles. You know, it's the, it's part of that first shall be last, and the last shall be first thing, and, and it's all the self fulfilling prophecy that you know. I mean, I, I I get the sense that there's a lot of members of the church that wear it as a badge of pride that yeah. they're hated and reviled by the world, you know, in quotations. Yeah, well, yeah, and there's the code of, you know, a peculiar people, yeah. you know, that was, that used to be, I guess, in vogue, you know, in the church, you know, 15, 15 years ago um, or or sooner that, you know, we're supposed to be, yeah. you know, Mormons are supposed to be this, you know, set apart from the world. Yeah, and if people hate us and revile us, then we must be doing something right. Yeah. Right. There's right. a persecution complex that kicks in, you know, that that's almost, you know, pounded into the children that, you know, the more they, they dislike you, the better God will like you. So. Yeah, w yeah, which is a really interesting juxtaposition when we're looking at these Mormon ads. Yeah. Because it's, right. it's a real concerted effort to, to show like people me, from... Like me. Yeah, yeah. from... And, and the thing that I noticed when I when I looked at it, and I went on YouTube and just plowed through about ten of them, um, that they're really going for diversity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of the people that that are in these ads, you'd expect to you know hang out with at a coffee shop if they drank coffee, you know. So <laughs> it, it, the, the feeling that I get from the ads is that it was bought off the shelf from a marketing company that. that there's no Mormon, you know, heart to it. You know, it's totally separate, you know, from Mormonism itself. That, you know, you could take, you know, the the the, the end statement of, you know, and I'm a Mormon and replace that with I'm a Lutheran, or I'm a I'm a Catholic, or I'm a Jehovah's Witness, or I'm a Scient I'm a Scientologist. Ironically enough, well, the Scientologists had that same campaign. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, the the thing is, is there's no meat to this, to this uh, ad campaign. There's no Mormonness to this ad campaign, which I, I think is is the biggest argument against it. That's interesting. Well, that's because it's entirely about image, and there's no substance. Because that that was one of the points I tried to make in my HuffPo piece is that the the problem isn't the image of the church. The problem is the substance. Yeah. The you know people don't like the church because it's then it has a history of racism, sexism, and homophobia, and and arrogance, and so uh, so they can't address substance because they're not willing to change any substance. 
So they can yeah, only make this, made, this cosmetic overture. Yeah, you had made the comparison, I guess, to, to if BP were to have done the same thing. Do you want to kind of break down for our audience what, what comparison you made to if BP were to do the same thing? Well, um, you know, if, if BP were upset about the fact that people now really, really hate it and um, wanted to get out of actually taking responsibility for the Gulf or paying up in the way that, that the, our government and the citizens along the Gulf want them to, if it were to really address its safety record, which it clearly doesn't want to do, it's been trying for a long time, if, if it was trying to get out of doing anything substantive to change the way it operates and to get people to like it better because it was a more responsible uh, corporate citizen, uh, it could just start showing off its most photogenic, most appealing, lower-level employees. Um, and they might be fabulous people. They might have really interesting hobbies. They might be very agreeable. They might make good babysitters and have kids just the right age for yours. And you might really love living next door to them, but it doesn't change the fact that they're the people who trashed the Gulf of Mexico and um, had this really arrogant, awful CEO who trivialized 11 lives lost in this accident by saying he wanted his own life back. And, uh, you know, you might, you might actually like a couple of BP employees, but it wouldn't change the, the way you feel about their employer. And, and BP actually has gone down this road. Um, they, they, have, they do have some commercials uh, that, high, or that, that highlight some of their maybe mid-level manager employees I remember watching watching one where there was a guy who was a, a, a local from Louisiana. He talked about how many years of service he'd had in BP. And, and when he spoke, he spoke about BP as them. Like he didn't speak about hmm. BP as, as us, like he was a member. He spoke about them. And he goes, they really um, you know, need to, to pay us back. I, I don't remember exactly what the language was. But, but he, he said, you know, I, I want you to know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work – tirelessly until this problem is solved until this is this is fixed but it, it's 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 similar in the sense that it's it's trying to make you like the person right. you know it's trying to personify this corporation um but i but where i think bp is a little bit more um uh honest <laughs> even than than in these these mormon ads is that they're trying to address some of the substance they're, they're saying Yes, there is a mistake, there is a problem, and we're trying to fix it. And there isn't anything like that in the Mormon ads. It's, it's just, you know, look at, look at what neat, healthy, uh, you know, productive people we are. And right. we can be all kinds of different things and a Mormon. And, and, and that's where I get the sense that it, it, it might be more... Of of this Mitt Romney thing, where the 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 big concern when when Mitt was running last time was that uh, he he would answer to the Mormon Church, that his Mormon identity would uh, overpower anything else in his life. Uh, it it would be more powerful than even being president of the United States. He he would always be a Mormon, and that what this is trying to say is you can be a lot of different things and a Mormon. Yeah, which is unfortunate, frankly, that that you know most people who reject Mitt Romney are rejecting him because of his religion. I'd rather people see a rejection of Mitt Romney due to his, you know, involvement with private equity personally. Yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. just a or side note from me. I I can't imagine. I I can't imagine that they didn't do testing. Well, I can imagine it. All right. I can yeah. imagine that they didn't use this campaign. But I have difficulty believing that this ad campaign, which always ends, and I'm a, I'm a Mormon, that's the culmination of the person's identity. It's not, I'm a Mormon, and but I'm also like really into my art and everything. It's, I'm this, I'm this, and this, and I'm a Mormon. That's the culmination. So I cannot imagine that this is going to reassure people that that Mitt Romney's bottom line final statement on who he is is anything but I'm a Mormon. 
These people are standing up and speaking for the church. They're, you know, they're not doing ads for Harley Davidson and saying, by the way, I'm a Mormon who makes stuff for Harley Davidson, which is one of the profiles there. It's all, I'm these other things, and then I'm a Mormon. So if it's for Mitt Romney, I don't think it's going to work. I think it's a bad idea if that's its goal. And I will say something else, which is just to, to we, most of us remember David O. McKay's statement, no success can compensate for failure in the home. Well, right. no ad campaign can compensate for a systematic assault on the civil rights of a great many people in this country. I'd like to get you to, to cross-stitch that and uh, frame it. <laughs> no, no amount of success in ad campaigns can compensate for the system. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get working on it. We'll, we'll make that available. We'll, we'll put a link on the site where you can purchase the cross stitch. We'll get people on Etsy working I, on it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not much of a cross stitcher. I okay. prefer knitting. All right. Well, yeah. They, they, you know, the church was actively racist until 1978 was actively and aggressively opposed to women's rights and civil rights, and now it's actively and aggressively opposed to gay rights. This ad campaign, which I agree with Jim, it's damage control, but it's not going to work. People aren't going to care about this glossy ad campaign until the church stops getting in the ways, the way of individuals' rights. Yeah, the... Uh... The feedback so far uh, that uh, after uh, concerning the, the Mormon PR campaign, this is a non-scientific, you know, poll of, of postings to, you know, both your article and, and other news articles uh, concerning the ad campaign. And it's been the response, at least on the web, has been very negative, very negative concerning uh, these ad campaigns and that Luckily, the wool is not being pulled over the public's eyes right. uh, at yeah. this point. You know, the, and to believe that you know there would be a change in heart is 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 very uh, unbelievable. Uh, that uh, this would would sway opinion. You know, maybe and uh, but, but, at least but this more, is a, this more. is a war, Jim. What's I mean, th th it's a war. We're we're engaged in a in a war that started before the foundation of this earth, right? I and mean, so you throw money at it, and not anything you know, it, anything that you can. I mean, if if Satan is barraging us with images in the media that are negative, then we've got to barrage them with images that are positive. And if if Satan is turning the hearts of people against Mormons because you know. X, Y, or Z issue, then then we have to get out there and make sure that people know that you know X, Y, and Z issue aren't really true or what. I mean, don't you, don't you see that? Here's the thing: is that they're not approaching it as if we took the right tact, right? They're saying, look over here, we've got skateboarders and feminists. Yeah. You know, yeah. this isn't yeah. this is misdirection. This is stagecraft. Yeah. You know, this is if if it really was, you know, a war, a spiritual war, right? Instead of a war for tithing money and new converts, what they would have said is, we stand behind our position 100%, um, and basically say, you know, I'm a gay basher and I'm a Mormon instead of, <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a you know, I'm a uh, you know I I'm a working mom and I'm a Mormon too. The other thing is, if it's a religious war, how come the Mormons have such crappy guidance? I mean, is <laughs> Satan's doing such a good job? This he's been around a lot longer, Holly. Well, you know, but but and and I was like in really obsessive and and stuff, but I would read uh, and very very literal, and so I. And also, I was unsure about the proposition of trying to convince perfectly happy Buddhists to change. I wasn't quite sure why it was necessary. And I would think about uh, the Moses, the verse, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. And I would consider how many Mormons there were 
on the planet, less than 10 million, 5 billion people, and I would think those aren't very good odds. Those aren't very good market shares. Um, and I would think, well, you know, and, and on my, in the MTC, I had a teacher who put everything in business terms. He said, you know, you work for God's corporation. You check in on God's time clock now. And if you're wow. not productive, God will have to fire you. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was not a particularly nice person. Um, <laughs> um, or very astute. Anyway, so, so I started thinking, you know, well, God, if, if this is true, if this is how it works, God's a crappy CEO. He's doing a bad job of his work and his glory, which is to bring to pass the immortality, eternal life of man. He sucks at it. Yeah. And, you know, it started, well, where do we go from there? I mean, if, if, and this app campaign, if it's really not working and if it really was inspired, God's really bad at his job. And, and in many ways, it's actually more hopeful with regards to God as somebody who can give human beings good direction and help them do the right thing to imagine that this campaign was entirely created by human beings. Because if God came up with it, he doesn't read us very well. We are his creations, but he doesn't understand us very well. And he's not very adept at speaking to us in ways we find meaningful. Yeah, so it's God much better plan at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's much better to imagine that this campaign was created by human beings because human beings are willing to own up to their mistakes in ways God isn't. He doesn't make any, I've been told. Yeah, so so you don't think that you don't think that um it's a um a, a war or 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 that that this ad campaign is uh, an assault. Or, or, or self's probably not the, the best way. I mean, it probably is a reconnaissance mission, you know, like you mentioned earlier, damage control to try and, and win back some of the, the souls that have been lost or to. Uh, I, I think it's more, I think, Jim, I'm, I confess to being every bit as cynical as Jim. I think it's more about tithing dollars and warm bodies and benches. But do they need tithing dollars anymore with all the interest that's accruing on the, the tithing that they already have? Have you been to downtown uh, they, lately? I have. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're they're, you know, they they build a mall and then a few years later they tear it down. It costs a lot of money. Well, it it costs a lot of money, but you know the subcontractors and friends of friends, you know, they ain't cheap. Yeah. So that that's where the tithing dollars are going. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? You know, yeah. it's, there's no. It, it's not an open book. You know, so. I, frankly, you can make all the speculation you want. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty cynical myself, but I, I still, I still think that the the people that are making the decisions that are running the church, are, they they do think that they're doing what's in the best interest for the souls of humanity, and you know that that means we've got to militantly defend family values. And, you know, if that comes across as gay bashing or homophobic, well, that's just kind of the price that you pay. You're you're reviled and you're you're hated when you do what's right. Mm. I, I mean, I, I think that's the mindset. My, my mission president, one of my I had two mission presidents and one of them did say to me explicitly that he was um, told by Salt Lake that they needed to baptize more men and fewer women because men paid more tithing than women. Huh. He, I mean, he, he, he could have been lying to me, and he probably, if, if it gets back to him that I have repeated this, he will no doubt regret that moment of candor, but he, he did say that. I think it goes both ways, you know, uh, to be to kind of step down from the chair of cynicism that I usually hold on this, on this podcast, but I, I think it goes both ways. I think, you know, you've, you've got the, the rank and file that you know is you know kind of more you know religious or at least focused um but then you have you know the more corporate minded at the top that that pushes for more of a a, a multinational corporation focus so it goes both ways 
Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't. I I would agree that I don't see why uh, high-minded people who are used to deciding what is best for the entire world can't think that what is best for the entire world is also um, what is um, is is something that that they personally can benefit in certain ways. Okay, um, you know, so so we, we've talked about the. The, the ads in a very uh, high-level general way. Are, are there any specific messages within any of these ads that that you take issue with? Um, I, I I've only seen a few. I, I saw the one with the the girl who was won the surfing contest from Hawaii. Uh, I saw the one the mm-hmm. the, uh, the the mother who had been a, a professional anchor. You know, sounds like she'd had a, a pretty successful career and then chose to become a mother and, uh, you know, was, was saying that she didn't think that anybody should ever put down the role of, of mother because it was a great thing for her. I saw a, a guy who was from England um, and was a, a singer and sang Christian music and his, his song helped somebody uh, d- decide not to commit suicide. Yeah, I saw that one. So he one. felt like he yeah. was doing good in the world. Um, that there, there was a, a, a guy from Mexico who uh, had been drinking a lot in his youth, and then the, the church helped him turn his life around. I mean, so are, are, there, are there any of these ads, like specific messages that are in there that, that you see with equally cynical eyes as, as the overall uh, campaign itself? Uh, well, I, can, I personally tend to believe people's statements about their lives and I I I am glad if I am glad these people are happy and successful. I I am glad that they have found richness and meaning in their lives and I'm even glad they found it through the church. Um I don't see why that necessarily means they have to proselytize to me or to anyone else. So um you know yeah, I mean I, people I, I can think- find Go ahead. I think you're going to find, you know, some some good in the lives of the individuals who have participated in in this pro in you know in the ads. I, I think you'll definitely find some good in their lives that you know they believe came from from Mormonism. You'll also find, you know, the the very similar ads, you know, promoting Scientology that say that. You know the same message of you know Scientology helped me quit drinking. Scientology you know helped me you know do this and that. It's the same. It's the same kind of message. And so I think you would find that. It kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Jim, about that there really isn't any meat to the Mormonism message here. It's almost like it's interchangeable. A, yeah, it's interchangeable. Yeah, these yeah. ads that they're that they have are a commodity. You know, this is boilerplate kind of stuff, guys. You know, come on, be a little bit yeah. more inventive. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, this was bought off of a shelf from a very, um, you know, a, a very, you know, standard marketing company. Is what it sounds like, and uh, you know, they <laughs> they saw them coming, and they billed them by the hour, and they said, "I know exactly what we'll do. We'll Clark crowdsource this." So they didn't even put any money into this. Frankly, I think the church got ripped off. You know, when it comes down to their, this ad campaign, when they signed the check for these ads, and then the, the ad company turned around and crowdsourced it. Come on, you know, um, crowdsourcing, you know, is is a very easy way to get content that you don't even have to to pay for. So, I, I would the only person, the most enthusiastic response I saw to the ad campaign was from an advertising professional who thought it was fabulous. And I, it was, it was on some new show. Some guy was just going on and on about how great it was, how wonderful it was going to be for the church's image. And he knew this because he himself developed similar campaigns. So it justified himself. So it was brilliant. Right. Well, I've done that. <laughs> I, I really? Wow. Yeah, I, I've done. I, you know, yeah. So, something makes 
So something validates what the way I do things. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, you know, the the one thing um, I, I remembered as I was reminiscing on these these videos that I looked at. There's there's the one with uh, Jeff Decker who uh, designs custom designs Harley Davidson motorcycles. Yeah. And he says this line at the end where he's doing that kind of formulaic. I'm an artist. I'm a Harley Davidson something. I'm a member of, and it was Hell's something, no, was and like I don't the remember. Sinners, it was the Sinners. Oh, yeah, 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 Sinners. Sinners Motorcycle Club or some such thing. Yeah, Sinners, and said, Sinners and then he Club. Said, don't use that, don't use that. Yeah, and, uh, then he's going, and then he laughed. He goes, oh, you guys aren't going to be able to use that. Yeah. You know, but yeah. of course they did. And, and that kind of that kind of made me go, eh, you know, they loved to be able to, to use that, to say, see, we, yeah. we're not. We're not the typical. We're not what you would expect. You know, we can we can say something as crazy as Sinners Club. Right. As, you know. <laughs> well, that is actually the one the one ad that sort of made me go, mm, because there's a point in there where where he says, People will say to me, You mean you can be a Mormon and love motorcycles? Motorcycles, yeah. And he says, I haven't found a, found a scripture yet that says you can't. Right, and, of yeah. course, my reaction to that was, well, you know, I loved education and learning and critical thought. And there is a scripture that tells me I really can't do that. Right. Oh, the cunning plan of the evil one. Yeah. Oh, the vainness and the frailties and the whatever of men. When they are learned, they think they are wise. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that people... <laughs> And that awful jerky guy at the MTC read that scripture to me, um, the guy who talked about how God would fire you. Um, that um, you know, that if you, if you uh, trusted your, I I reported to the MTC in June of 1985. Okay, so this was like this was after the ERA, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 and and uh, it was. I got there just as they were making the switch to the brand new discussions, and they were, we were one of, I, I learned the baptismal discussion and um, a baptismal challenge from the old lessons because they hadn't finished translating them into Chinese. Um, and then I um, learned the new ones, um, probably in utterly irrelevant detail. But, um, Anyway, the larger point is that um, that I I have been told very explicitly, very very explicitly that the things I loved were inimical to progress in the Mormon Church and in God's plan. That I valued too much secular thought and secular learning. Yeah. So I am, you know, I am a feminist and an intellectual, and have, for whatever reason, I've always been interested in gay rights. Um, I don't know, my boyfriend from kindergarten, my date to the prom, and my ex-fiance were all gay Mormon men. Mm. Um, um, uh, and, you know, there's that talk of Boyd K. Packers where he said, feminist intellectuals and homosexuals are the church's greatest enemies. And, you know, I could sense that even as a teenager, that the church didn't really want people with minds and ideas like mine. Yeah, I've sensed, I've, I've felt that as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I can validate, I think that's a brilliant insight. I can validate it, validates me. So I guess uh, speaking of the uh, the ad campaign uh, leads us to I guess talk about some of the parodies that have uh, cropped up out there lately. Yeah, and I thought, um, and, and the one I know you're going to mention, you, you talked about how they could be interchangeable. I think that's a perfect mm -hmm. segue into this one. Totally. Go ahead. So, what if you know you said you know I'm a surfer and I or I'm a I'm a you know working mom or and I'm an ex Mormon too. Well, I, yeah. I, matter of fact, somebody's actually done that, you know. So uh, basically, you know, there are you know parody ads out there right now uh, that uh, that say, you know, I'm I'm a normal person who rejected Mormonism, 
uh, and I'm an ex-Mormon. And, and the ironic thing is these are not targeted towards you know the, the public, at least from what it, it appears to be, but these are to target Mormons. So this is... These are the I'm a Mormon ads turned on their head a bit. And, and I didn't – like I, I've only seen one of those. I saw the one with Robert, and I, yeah. I just thought it was fantastic. I, and I didn't feel like it was a parody in, in the sense that, you know, like the, the Naked Gun is a parody, you know, or like one of these kind of slapstick – Silly movies. No, it wasn't meant to be humorous yeah, at all. But no. but it, it was it was just saying look look at how interchangeable these messages are. I, I lead a healthy life, and and he says I my life is better now than it was when I was in the church. And and when I was in the church, I always thought I was always told, oh, you're going to be miserable if you leave. But I'm not. I'm happier than I've ever been, and I'm an ex Mormon. I go ahead. I want to, they're not parodies then, they're, they're yeah. merely responses. Right. So they're, yeah, you know, um, there, there are, there's, there's, there's a parody, there's one with The Rock, that's oh. actually pretty funny. <laughs> that is, that is awesome. Um, the Rock. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's the, a parody of, it's, it's, my name is Rock and yet I'm a Mormon, and, um, it's in response to the skater. And the skater talks about how much he loves falling down. The Rock loves parkour and yeah. talks about how great it is to fall. It's um, it's 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 pretty darn funny, I must admit. And in the first the first scene in that one, he he's on a swing and he's talking about the swing being a metaphor for life. Yes. And, and I, I thought that was kind of parodying the uh, the the girl uh, the the longboard surf champion because she talked about that was a a metaphor for life, you know, like standing in the right position on the board. But I, I didn't see the skateboarder one, so maybe it was it was a, a straight parody of that one. I, I also really liked when the, the rock was looking up sexy rocks on the internet. <laughs> and his yeah. his spouse rock comes into the behind him and says, Ahem. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. And when when the when he comes home from work and the little rocks are on top of the big rock, you know, like pile on daddy kind of thing. I thought that yeah. was funny. Like, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's a, that's, that's a parody. Whereas the, the Robert one, I, I agree. I, that's not a parody. It's it, but it's a, a, a response to it and just kind of demonstrates how irrelevant that last line is. I'm a Mormon, you know, like right. I'm all of these things and I'm a Mormon could be, I'm an ex Mormon just as, as equally just as valid or, or as you suggested jim i'm a scientologist or or, or whatnot right. it's a commodity you know yeah so so what what do you see the impact um will there will there be an impact will will this make any difference at all well let 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 me put on my tinfoil hat here um yeah. i'm not that good at predicting the future um but I, my, my expectation is that, that, that the money will not have been wasted entirely because it will help Mormons feel better about themselves. It will encourage conversations like these, um, which I hope some flunky at the church office building will have to listen to and write a very painful report that will get delivered to someone, though I've been assured that actually by people who work there that any report that says things the higher-ups don't want to hear just gets tossed. Um, but it, it would do them good to hear this, this criticism, um, to know that it's not working. But I think that individual Mormons will be happier about not necessarily fitting the mold that um, I my hope is that actually people might stand up and say at some point, you know, why do you want me to do this thing that's going to turn me into everybody else? You know, I'm a skateboarder too. I didn't make an ad, but, you know, respect my difference. Um, that would be cool. Um I don't know. Yeah, you know, one of the things we didn't mention that that you brought up in your article was, was correlation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do, do you see that this is possibly a move away from correlation? Well, I 
you know, I defined correlation really, really broadly in terms of just the entire overall effort to toward homogenization. Right. Um, and I would hope so. It's it's funny. I got a little pushback from that on um, a friend's uh, Facebook page or two, and there were a couple fairly staunch defenders of of um, correlation, or maybe not so much defenders as people who were like, it just can't be that bad. They were invariably in their early 20s. Um, you know, I, I do, I mean, somebody said, I can't believe that the church was really more open in the 60s when women couldn't, play, couldn't pray in sacrament meeting and um, African Americans and blacks couldn't hold the priesthood. And I said, well, it's not that it was more open, it was just less boring and more intellectually vibrant. And I don't see why the larger cultural changes that happened in the world, the civil rights movement, um, needed to needed correlation in order to affect the church. The church certainly could have embraced more racial openness and given women more positions, um more opportunities to pray and exercise some authority and so forth without this top-down, let's all look the same, wear a white shirt, women only pierce your ears once, buildings all have to look alike. I mean, they, they they could have encouraged individualism at the same time they responded to large societal fee changes. Yeah, I remember, you know, when I was on my mission, I bought a hat, you know, a a, a hat, a, you know, long, a wide-brimmed felt hat because, you know, I was in Minnesota and it was raining a lot at the time. So. Right. And we were outside. And, you know, I remember the mission president got wind of it and he took time to drive down to my area pull me into a an interview and say and question my my spirituality because I had had bought a hat because I was in 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 his views I was becoming more you know individualistic you know that I that I was looking different you know that I stood out from the herd you know and you know it, it's and you just didn't want that, cold ears. <laughs> Yeah, and all I didn't want to do is get you know my head wet, you know. So it's this. Frankly, it surprised me. This came, this ad campaign came out of left field, and you know to speak of correlation and homogeneity, you know, or homogeneity. These these ads are Mormonism flipped 180 degrees. Yeah. You know, in, in when I saw this, it, it came out of left field. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and that's one of the reasons I linked it to correlation. Um, not not that correlate. It, it was it was the best metaphor I could come up with for this basic ideology of just be as bland, just do not stand up. The the, the crazy thing about the the this the phrase we're outstanding well except that nobody stands out you know there's a piece in the onion 10 12 years ago about a, a teenager who who wanted the right to be just like everybody else but but no at his school everybody had to be an individual if you weren't an individual you were nobody and um everybody was an individual and he just wanted the right to be completely boring and like everybody else and um some some of that going on now I think might happen that um now everybody has to be everybody in the church has to be an individual. I don't know. Even this issue this issue of dress, I mean the way the way sister missionaries dress now, I never could have gotten away with we we weren't what we wanted and now they have to be so bland and it's crazy. What does it matter? So so you see that that um the the majority of impact from this ad campaign will happen within the church, whether it's at the the higher levels, the the, the higher ups hearing uh, messages that you think they ought to hear, but maybe normally don't, um, or, or the the average member feeling that they can or should be more individualistic. 
I hope so. Okay. I, 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 to me, that would actually, I hope that happens, and to me, that would make it worth the time and money for the church to have done it. I'll be really surprised if they get much more than that. So do you, do you see any impact at all outside of the church to, to the, that general public target audience that they have? I don't. I, I, I haven't talked to anyone who's anything but sort of bemused and irritated yeah. by it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a redefinition of branding, you know, or this is a redefinition of the Mormon brand, is you know to to speak in marketing language, and you know, you know, as you were saying, Glenn, in this jaded world we live in, that approach to in in a redefinition of 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 an image that you want to promote is met with skepticism and yeah. met with you know, uh, a a distaste that because it's it's showing that there really is no substance to the image that they were trying to portray in the first place. You know, and you know that doesn't and that further invalidates the new image that they're pushing. So especially when you're talking about something like religion in the Mormon Church specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I you know I I agree with with. What both of you said, I think if there's any impact outside of the church, it'll just be more negative. Uh, you know, I uh, I was having a discussion with someone earlier who suggested that there had uh, most likely been a, uh, a a survey done before the ad campaign uh, to determine how uh, people in the church are viewed by uh, the general public, and that that we ranked just above radical Islam. And below Scientology and Jehovah's Witness, and that couldn't that couldn't be the case. So, uh, you know, the 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 ad campaign was was kind of a direct response to improve that image, and I just don't see, I just don't see it having that kind of a, an impact. If, if anything, yeah. I think being met with a, an intelligent postmodern cynical world, they would say, "What do you guys think? We're stupid." Yeah, that's just yeah. that's just how I yeah. see it, but. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. And also, to, to kind of speak of, of the more, you know, in marketing language and, and kind of, you know, overanalyzing of, of the, the church's approach to this, these ads, you know, as far as I know, weren't released in very large population centers. These ads were released in, you know, mid uh, to, to lower mid population areas and I, I think that's indicative of a lack of funding that was behind this you know mm-hmm. if they wanted this to go nationwide they could have you know just you know shoveled more money into the into the hopper and they, they you know these ads would have been running in Chicago and New York and LA um, instead you have places that you know are like Rochester uh, and, and other you know, uh, smaller communities, you know, not, not necessarily rural, but, hmm. you know, very, very smaller communities. And, you know, huh, I mean, I, I haven't yeah, I'm not a marketing guy, yeah. so, you know, uh, this I, is, you know, armchair. Scott, I, I would have thought more that um, they just wanted to see more how people reacted before they spent a lot of money or see if it could generate enough buzz that um, people would look at it on their own on the web and then they could save money. Well, interesting stuff. And any final thoughts? Well, I'll just go back to what I, the, uh, needlepoint cross stitch thing that, uh, you know, just as no success can compensate for failure in the home, no slick ad campaign can compensate for, you know, a systematic assault on <laughs> the civil rights of others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, <sighs> Here's the thing, and and uh, if you're familiar with the movie Idiocracy, there's a there's a, a product that uh, is repeatedly referenced in there called Brondo, the thirst mutilator. My my Netflix queue is growing now. You know what's that? My my Netflix queue is growing as a result <laughs> of this podcast now. Oh, yeah. definitely. You gotta yeah. watch Idiocracy. I, anyway, so I mean, basically, it's this product called Brondo, and you know these uh, ads. You know, that the Mormon churches has, has you know 
written a check for and you know gone to a marketing firm to produce uh you know read like an ad for brondo you know and it, unfortunately they the church believes that it's the same audience in idiocracy but uh you know it's it, to the contrary the audience that this is being pitched to are, are highly skeptical and angry about this even further. There's nothing. It, it, basically, what I'm saying is, you know, to wrap it up is that there isn't an ad that they could have produced that could have produced a better result. I agree. Aside from saying, you know, what about that Prop 8 thing? We're sorry. We shouldn't have done that. Because, you know, like I said, this is damage control. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. All right. Well, you've both thrown out movie references, so just in closing, I I just have to say Truman Show. But I'm just going to leave it there. So thank you, Holly, for coming on and and Jim for being a part of this. My pleasure. And uh, as always, the conversation continues over at mormonexpression.com. And uh, we'll do this again sometime. Thanks, guys. This is terrific. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Paul.